0: Welcome back. We are in Revelation chapter 9, verse 13. Let's go. Then the sixth angels sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, Release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. Okay. Let's go back to 13. Then the sixth angel sounded. So we have the sixth angel. Literally, literally, we had five before, and this is the sixth one sounded. And it says, And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God. If you look at Joel 2, you would see that the priests were to lead the people in repentance. And that's also a picture of what goes on in heaven. So there's a priest at this altar of intercession. And I would suggest to you that that is Jesus, who is the high priest. He is from uh, the line of Melchizedek. And I suggest to you that this is absolutely Jesus. And I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar. And remember that God just wants so much to see people who have rejected him who have rejected his universal offer of salvation to wake up to one day one moment say i realize something is missing i realize there's a god-sized hole in my heart and the only thing that can fill that is jesus and his blood on the cross is sufficient that's what god wants then he gets the glory. Not you. I was watching a show one time, I think it was Bachelor or something, and this guy had a chiseled statue and of a self-made man. And he said, yeah, it just tells people that I'm a self-made man. It's like, well, you just robbed your kids of the ability to ever say that because no generation after you can say that because <laughs> you're saying you started all and therefore they won't be self-made. And besides, I'm pretty certain that God gave you The gifts the talents the circumstances to put you exactly where you are so that you would look up to him and instead you're worshiping yourself creating a statue of yourself you idolize yourself and you want people to worship you and that's exactly what so many of us do so often throughout our days and we'll be talking about that but god just wants us to turn to him and love him in verse 14 it says saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet release the four angels in the golden altar so the golden altar of incense we saw that in revelation 8 3 so i'm going to flip back to revelation 8 3 then another angel having a golden censer came and stood in the alt at the altar he was given much incense and he sh- that he should offer with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar which is before the throne and then if we look at verse revelation six ten, so we're going back a couple chapters now It says, And they cried, I remember that was the saints, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So the prayers of the saints are linked to this judgment. Their blood is being avenged. They asked this question back in Revelation 6.10, How long until you avenge our blood, O Lord? And we saw two chapters after that, Revelation 8 that the angel was at the altar of incense offering prayers of the saints. And here, those prayers are actually being answered. Remember, God says, vengeance is mine. You don't need to take vengeance. I will take it, not me, this is God saying, He will take vengeance in His own time, in His own way, in accordance with His plans. It's not for us to decide when, where, or how that vengeance gets exacted. Verse, verse 14, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So these are angels are obviously wicked. For good angels, unfallen angels, are not bound. They don't need to be bound. They have free will. And they wouldn't be Released at this point. Um, so these are obviously wicked angels. Nasty demons. Right? Seriously. And it appears that each angel is in charge of part of a vast army that follows them. We're about to see 200 million entities. And notice that the, this gets released at a precise time for a special purpose. And it's going to be a, to kill a third of the world's population. So we'll do the math on that in just a minute. But it says he releases release the four angels who are bound. So here's um the the uh Jesus telling the uh angel to release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. Now the river Euphrates Think of it in two ways. One, it was the original boundary, uh, or one of the original boundaries of the Garden of Eden, back in Genesis 2.14. It also was the eastern boundary of the promised land deeded to Abraham. And you can see that in Genesis 15.18. Verse 15, so the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year were released to kill a third of mankind. So, It says, so the four angels, so there's four of them, that's literal. These are fallen angels, these are demons, who had been prepared for the hour and day and month and year. Who had been prepared? Prepared by who? By God. God knew from the big foundation of the world that these specific four demons would be released for this specific purpose at this exact specific time. God's plan is better than ours if you're pushing on something and I, I'm, in business, I'm a business i'm a businessman so i'm always pushing on on things and new concepts and new ideas and deadlines and opportunities and goals but at the end of the day god wants us to do things to prepare but he wants us to trust the results to him i can't force someone i'm witnessing to to come to christ i can't force something to be successful that i you know a new product or service that i launch I just trust him and say, Lord, if, if it succeeds, may I honor you with the time and money that I may get from that. And Lord, if it fails, may I not be upset or angry or jealous or bitter, Lord, but just to trust you. You call us to work hard, but to leave the results up to you. So he prepared these demons for this specific time and to kill a third of mankind. Now, let's do some math. We saw... Earlier, that uh, one quarter of the world's population was taken out. That means you're left with only seventy-five percent, and now half, uh, or sorry, a third of those are taken out. So if you multiply seventy-five percent times sixty-seven percent, you're left with about fifty percent. So at this point during the tribulation, you're only going to have half of the world's population that you had starting with the tribulation now i use the number six billion because it's an easy round number but remember whatever percentage of number of those maybe it's 100 million maybe it's 500 million maybe it's a billion got raptured and are no longer on the earth but forget about that for now but i need to make that as a a note a disclaimer so let's say there's six billion people on the earth at that time a quarter of them got wiped out earlier that leaves you with about 4.5 million Now, a third of those get wiped out. That leaves you with about 3 billion. So, 3 billion out of 6 billion is 50%. So, literally, one out of every two people is left. One out of every two people has been killed at this point. And one of the great purposes, if their hearts are hardened, they've not turned to Jesus. That's why they entered the tribulation, they rejected Jesus. Now, they have a time period of up to seven years to accept Jesus, and many of them won't, and many of them will. It'll be a huge revival. But here, we've got half the world's population wiped out. Verse 16, now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. This could either be humans or demons. Different commentators have different interpretations of this. I believe it's probably demons because the horses or the, the horses themselves, not the horsemen, are the sources of infliction and death. So it's the emphasis here is on the horses, not the riders. But what we want to think about is there's definitely a demonic influence here. They're cruel, uh, they're determined, and the they are absolutely merciless, and they are instruments of God's judgment so the horseman was 200 million so we're talking a vast army again i think this is demons in mind and continues it says i heard the number of them and i saw so i heard the number so he, you could just he could hear it there were so many of them uh, an army of 200 million of anything uh, is going to be loud and noteworthy and 17 and thus i saw the horses in the vision those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red Iacinth blue and sulfur yellow, and the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions. So here's the simile were like the heads of lions. It's not saying it was the head of a lion, it was like the head of a lion. Perhaps that signifies uh, power or ferociousness. And out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. So there's three things. Don't miss those fire, smoke, and brimstone. Verse 18 says, By these three, we just talked about three, fire, smoke, and brimstone, by these three plagues, a third of mankind was killed. So these three, fire, smoke, and brimstone, represent three plagues which will kill a third of mankind. Not only do these horses kill with their mouths, but they also wound with their serpentine tails. And why were these people killed? Well, God desperately desires to see people who have rejected salvation to wake up. This is the curtain call for unbelievers. This is the last or near last opportunity for those who are still living, who have continued to reject Jesus, who are unbelievers, to stop rejecting Jesus and turn to Him for eternal life. I did it at 33. You can do it right here, right now. If you grew up church but not changed, ask God to just change and transform your life. He will renew your marriage. He can renew your health. He may or may not, but He can renew that health. But He can absolutely restore your marriage. He can absolutely bring you the joy and the peace that you want if you'll start trusting in Him more and stop focusing inward on yourself and focusing backwards in the past and forward in the future and trying to figure out, you know, like psychology today might tell you to go back and figure out what happened to you when you were two and ten? Were you molested? Were you raped? Let's go ahead and implant that impression in your mind so you have that going around. Let's get you past that so we can get you moving forward. No, no, no. God says esteem yourself not. You don't need to build up your self-esteem in order to to have a fruitful life. God says esteem yourself not. If you love Jesus, it's going to flow downward to you, and you're going to love yourself and love others. And if you love others, then you're going to love yourself. That esteem comes not from esteeming oneself, but esteeming oneself not, and putting others above themselves, and then you feel good about yourself, because you know that it's all about Jesus and about them, and not about you, and therefore you don't have to focus on your pity party. Trust me, I've been there, I've thrown my own pity parties. Um, They suck, they're horrible, you feel alone, you feel isolated, but there's purpose behind them, and God wants you to trust Him. And when I go through my pity parties, when I've gone through them, He's like, my... Stop pushing so hard. Just trust me. I'll tell you all the answers you want to know when you get to heaven. I'll spend eternity answering things for you, but trust me right now here on earth. And 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails, for their tails are like serpents having heads, and with them they do harm. So they can harm with their tails as well. 20, but the rest of mankind who were not killed by these plagues did not repent of the works of their hands. You would think that the combination of these five months of torment that we just went to, through, and now the death of another third of every living person from fire and smoke and brimstone, that that would be enough to bring men to their knees in repentance. But that is not the case. It says they did not repent of the works of their hands, that they should not worship demons remember that believers cannot be possessed by demons because greater is he who is in us than greater than the one who is in the world. Satan and his demons use idols. They use jealousy and drugs and things alike to steal our lives, to steal our thoughts, to hurt us in our jobs, to hurt our marriages, to hurt us as parents, to hurt us as friends and neighbors. Here's the question to ask for yourself. What is Satan using in your life to keep you distracted from God? Does it work? Is it busyness? Right? Think about that. The next time someone asks you or you ask someone, Hey, how are you? How you been? Uh, busy. We say that like it's a badge of honor in our culture, but busyness is not a good thing. It's not a good thing. It's good to work and provide for your family, but just being busy with work and driving kids around or you know golf or whatever it is, let's be careful. And, and if we think we're just busy, let's take a step back and figure out what we need to do Honor God more than just being busy, and we'll wrap up here It says of uh, gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, which can neither see nor hear nor walk. Remember in the end, God tells us in the end, people will worship creation rather than in the Creator. What is part of creation? gold, silver, brass, stone, wood, things we forge with our hands. that's not the creator, that's stuff that God created. And he, like, he gave it, made us creative people that have free will and we can, you know, create these concepts and artwork and companies and stuff. But it's not a surprise to God. He knew exactly what we were going to make. He saw it before we even had the idea in our head. Um, but yet we focus on these things and we honor and worship these things. We don't say we worship money. We don't say we worship a statue, but we very well, most of us, worship a home, an artwork, a business, uh, our identity is so tied to them that if X, Y, or Z was taken away, we would not be the same person. And verse 21, it says, they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts. The whole purpose of this is to get people to repent, and we'll pick up with repentance tomorrow. Lord, we love you, and we thank you. Guide us and strengthen us this very day. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Now it's time to go and make disciples to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to show people who Jesus is so that we have the right to tell them who Jesus is. I'd encourage you to share this by social media, text, or email with someone who you think could benefit from learning more about the Word of God. Have a blessed day.